Good morning, everybody. Well, here it is, Sunday morning. This is take two. Uh, I recorded this once, got about two minutes of it, and finished the whole thing and <laughs> realized that's all I had. So here we are, take two. Uh, good morning, coming at you once again, almost live, from the grandkid room. Sorry I don't have a better ambiance uh, behind me, but uh, hey, at least I dressed up for you, right? Uh, I, hey... I think you guys are important. I showered, even put on deodorant this morning, first time in a week. My wife is happy. No, just kidding. Uh, here we are, and I hope that you are not getting too awful antsy in all of this and getting cabin fever. You know, we are in the midst of something that I haven't seen in my lifetime but we are adjusting. This is our new normal and you know we're just gonna have to hunker down and and stick with it but what, what I want to say this morning is remember uh, we're not just doing this simply to hide out and protect ourselves. In this physical distancing that we're doing we are actively engaged in helping other people. Actively engaged in slowing the spread, actively engaged in keeping people, especially that are most vulnerable, from getting this virus. So this is something that you and I can feel good about. We're participating in the love of God, aren't we? And that's what I want to talk to you this morning about, message that the Lord has put on my heart. Whether we call it participating in the love of God or living in God, 1 John 4, 16, abiding in Christ, John 15, 7, walking by the Spirit, Galatians 5, 16, or walking in the light, 1 John 1, 7, it's all the same thing. It's you and I doing the will of God. It's you and I living our lives in harmony with Him. See, we have to understand that mankind outside of God, we are born in darkness. We are separated from God, dead in our sin. And the Bible says in Ephesians 2:3, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of body and mind. We are in darkness. But then we truly believe in Jesus. We're born again. The Bible says that we are delivered from the kingdom of darkness into, transferred into the kingdom of his beloved son, Colossians 1.13. The kingdom of light. The kingdom where God is, where his will is, being lived out by people who are new creations in Christ. Before we were in the darkness. We were dead in our sin. We were separated from God. We didn't understand, right? We were in the dark. But now the light has come on. We understand who God is, His plan for us, what is uh, His will, what is best for us and for other people. We've come into the light and we begin to walk in that light, don't we? God says, I will put a new spirit in them, Ezekiel eleven nineteen, and I will write my law on their hearts, Jeremiah 31, 33. Not a law that's exerting pressure on us from the outside, but a law written on our hearts, ways and principles that we see in God's word that become 
written. We, we believe in them. We trust in them. They have come to us from our Father in heaven, who we know loves us, who we know wants the best for us. So we begin to put our trust in those things. Those things that bring life. Those things that bring blessing. No longer walking in ignorance, in darkness, but in the Spirit, in harmony with the Lord. And this walking in the Spirit, walking by the Spirit, is not just a spiritual feeling kind of thing. You know, we do have the Holy Spirit living within us, and He nudges us, don't we? Right? We get that. But you and I have been given an incredible gift. The gift of the Word of God. There, that's better. The gift da, 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 of the Word of God. <laughs> You know, this is what he's given us. These pages tell us how to walk in the Spirit. They tell us how to walk in the light. Aren't you glad that God doesn't let us fumble around and, well, maybe this and maybe that, maybe the other thing. He has actually given us in his word how to do this thing, how to walk in the light, how to walk in harmony with him. Amen? You and I just don't one day walk into the kitchen and grab some flour and grab some sugar and grab some vanilla and, and all this stuff and eggs and, and put it together and make a cake, right? We grab a recipe book, don't we? And we follow what is written in there. We trust that the information in there is tried and true and that we will get the results that it promises. Amen? Similarly, you and I come out of darkness as newbies in the Lord, and God has graciously given us a recipe book, a book full of wonderful things, a book full of main dishes, right? Like the gospel, something that you and I base our lives upon. And he's given us side dishes like forgiveness, things that complement the main dishes but are oh so critical to a balanced diet, if you will, a balanced life in Christ. And then there's desserts like spiritual gifts that bring all kinds of joy into your life and mine. Now, keep going with me on this. Have you ever noticed how really, really good cooks don't need to follow recipes anymore? Stay with me. Why? Because those recipes become written on their hearts. They know how to put this together and this together and to make a cake. They begin to understand even further just how ingredients work. So they add a pinch of this and a dash to that, right? And they spice up recipes and, and, and make them good uh, because they know, because they understand. It's not something that, okay, here we go. I'm going to make this same cake for the 19th time, and I need to open up the book and read how to do it. So likewise, there are lessons that you and I have learned through the Word of God that we no longer have to read to understand how it works. Now again, stay with me. I'm not advocating that you and I can read through this book once or twice or a thousand times and grab everything in it and just understand it, right? Um, and even in our human weakness, as you have and as I have, we understand that there are things that we need to be reminded about kind of over 
and over and over again, depending upon the stubbornness of our hearts, right? Um, but there are some things that you and I just know. For example, the scripture says, don't gossip, right? In so many places, the scripture says, don't gossip. Uh, one of the seven things that God hates, Proverbs 6, 16. So we read that in God's word. We understand that gossip is destructive to others and to us. And so then we find ourselves in a situation where we want to complain about someone in a, maybe a small group of people, and we're checked in our heart by the Holy Spirit. He says, uh-uh, don't do that, right? That's his job. He reminds us of what we've read. He reminds us of what we've understood. So then we either yield to the Holy Spirit at that point, and we get a, a sense of joy, right, in our hearts, or we yield to the flesh, which we've all done, and we feel the grief of the Lord in our hearts. We see the destruction then afterward of what is caused by our sin. But after a while, just like a good cook, you and I begin to know just how this gossip thing works, right? We, we, we walk into a situation, we can see it a mile off. We're not taken by surprise anymore. We don't just walk in blindly. We can see this happening a mile away. We, uh, our thoughts, uh, you know, I got this thing and I'm walking into work and here are all these people and they say good morning and I know before I even step in the room, I'm not going there, right? Okay, we begin to know how things work. And so then also, like a good cook, we begin to substitute different ingredients. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. So you and I, instead of letting loose with the complaints and, oh, did you hear about this? And then we substitute encouraging words, helpful words, peacemaking words, right? We want to be peacemakers. We want to be unifying. We want to bring people together. We want to sow positive things into our atmosphere, whether it's work or a social atmosphere or the church or whatever it is. We want to sow positive things that will keep building and keep encouraging and, and keep things positive and uplifting, don't we? So that's what we do. We substitute. And in that way, we are what? We're walking in the light, aren't we? Living in God, walking by the Spirit. Do you see it? And as you and I grow, we get those recipes down, don't we? Some of them, we get them down. We know how this works. We know what to do. So then we go on to learn new things from the Word of God. We get into it. We discover. We begin to build. We begin to cook, right? And new recipes and new things come out of our lives until you and I look more and more and more like Jesus. And isn't that what it's about? Isn't that what it's about? Scott Sauls, uh, in his book, Irresistible Faith, good book, uh, talks about how you and I build a faith that is irresistible to the world around us, right? And... One of the things that he brings out is that, you know, the Word of God has some positive things to say to us, right? Which we, which we kind of love. Uh, I had a pastor that said, 
uh, we don't want to be cafeteria Christians. Oh, I like this, I like this, I like that, but I don't like this over here. Right? The Word of God, the Bible says, is God-breathed. And it is efficient, it's effective for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Right? God telling us things that we want to hear and sometimes things that we don't want to hear. But he kind of, Scott Sauls kind of likens it to uh, kids eating vegetables. Not all kids like to eat vegetables, right? Some adults don't either. But he says this, uh, page 28, he says, God's love, forgiveness, salvation, and eternal promises taste delicious to our souls. Isn't that right? These are like the tasty main course and dessert at dinner time. But there are other menu items in the diet his word prescribes for us, things like being generous with our money, forgiving those who have injured us, limiting our sexual activity to marriage, committing ourselves to a local church, preferring servanthood over selfishness, and denying ourselves daily. That may seem more like raw vegetables to a child. Admittedly, our taste for these biblical truths might be more acquired than natural. Yet we must not childishly shove the vegetables off our plate. We should keep eating them faithfully until we acquire a new taste. Until every one of God's words becomes delicious as sweet as honey to the taste buds of our souls. You know, part of this getting the word of God written on our hearts is our willingness to yield to it. Our willingness to say, God, I don't like the way this sounds, this, uh, you know, you're pointing out some things in my heart, and, uh, but I'm, I'm going to go your way. I'm going to put my trust in you. I'm going to follow the recipe book because I want your results, because I want to have the kind of life that glorifies you, because I want to have a life that, is, uh, that proclaims an irresistible faith that draws other people to Jesus. So we yield, we give in, we do it God's way. We begin to walk in the light, following the recipes in his book. Romans 12, 2 says this, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. See, you and I, we get into the Word of God and we, and we learn things, right? And, and it gets from up here to, 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 to down here. You know, someone said this is the longest 18 inches in the world from the head to the heart. Isn't that true? So we get these things in our hearts and then the Bible says we test them. Okay, so uh, I, I usually do it this way, but you know, I, I was in my devotions this morning and, and God said, no, I want you to do it this way. So we test that. We put that to practice and we see the difference in our lives. So over and over by testing, by doing it God's way, we say, you know, ah, man, I, when I did it my way, when I let loose, I felt good for just a couple of minutes. But when I did it God's way and I decided to keep my mouth shut and I prayed for that person that hurt me, boy, when my head hit the pillow at night, I felt great. I felt a joy wrapped up in my heart. I, I just felt good about myself and my relationship with God and, and what I'm doing in the world. And this is a lot better. Amen. So by testing, we discern what the will of the Lord is, the good and perfect will of God. 
Let me say it again. God has given us an incredible, incredible gift. He's given us a book of recipes to follow, recipes for blessing, recipes for joy, recipes for building relationships, recipes for strengthening marriages, recipes for building a strong church, recipes for building a strong faith, recipes for reaching out into our community and making a difference, recipes for all these things, recipes for a strong faith in times of crisis. God has given all of this to us in his word. Amen? Incredible, incredible gift. A book that shows us how to walk in the light. A book that shows us how to live in harmony with God. God loves us. God wants us to experience the greatest blessings in life, doesn't he? Just like a good father. So he's given us what we need. Not only that, this book contains precious promises that are the anchors for our soul in time of trouble. You, know, you and I are turn on the news, and in 15 minutes, we can go from calm to stressed out, right? I mean, there's so much information, so many people, rooms full of people on ventilators, and, and we don't have enough supplies, and oh no, right? We can look at that and we can say, you know, it's in New York City, it's heading this way, and ah, right? So much coming at us that you and I need to get into the Word of God. We, instead of going into the path of fear, God's Word reminds us who's on the throne. God's Word reminds us who He is and what He's able to do. God's word reminds us that we belong to him, that we are precious in his sight, that he has promised to never leave us, never to forsake us. Amen? Those truths that are the bedrock of our faith, the bedrock of our life, that are going to keep us in peace and in security in this time of need. Now, many of us have extra time on our hands. What a blessing, right? Some of us, as I've heard, are actually busier than ever. But we all need to make sure we are, with, with all the other things that we're doing, you and I need to make sure that we are taking time to set apart with God, to keep ourselves in prayer, to get into the Word of God, and to read those precious promises that wash over our soul and give us rest and give us peace, that strengthen our faith, not only for us, but for those who, who know what our relationship with God is, those that are looking to us, those that we can influence. We can say, I'm at peace, I'm at rest. Because I have faith that God is with me. And we're able to explain that relationship. And again, as I said a couple of weeks ago, this could be the very thing that brings revival to this nation. And you and I are on the front lines. We have, we have health care workers that we need to be praying for, right? Those that are on the front lines physically. But you and I are on the front lines spiritually. And we need to be those that are connected, that are reaching out, that are influencing, not hitting people over the head with the Bible, as I always say, but those that are able to share where we're coming from. Yeah, I hear the reports. Yeah, this is frightening. This is frightening. 
But in the midst of it, I know that my God is with me. I know that he's on the throne. And I am at rest. And you can be too. This is what it's all about, church. So, we need to be walking in the light as this darkness is all around us. And to do that, we need to get into the recipe book, right? So let's get out the recipe book and let's start cooking, right? I was going to go into some Julia Child thing, but I, I'll, I'll spare you that. <laughs> Instead, what I'll do is this. Let me close with a psalm about the Word of God. The Word of God is a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. It's our refuge in time of trouble. But Psalm number one, the very first Psalm says this, Blessed is the man or woman or child who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. Meditating. You remember that cow illustration, right? Cow has four stomachs. They, they eat, they swallow, they bring it back up, chew on it again. They swallow it down, they bring it back up, chew on it again. As you and I are prayerfully considering the truths of the word of God, even in the midst of the news reports and all this stuff that we're hearing, we're meditating on it. We're thanking God in our hearts. Thank you that you're with me. Thank you that you promised that uh, you will not leave me. You will not forsake me. Amen? So we're meditating on it day and night. What does it say about such a person? He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. Amen? All this from the word of God. An incredible gift from God to us, especially in time of need. Open the book. Spend time in it prayerfully. You will be glad you did. Again, not only for yourself, but for others that you and I can touch with the light and the glory and the grace of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. God bless you. Uh, just wanted to also report, uh, we had our first Zoom meeting. Uh, for those who have that technology, we had a, a prayer meeting on Friday night. Uh, had a number of people. Even Ruthie was there. I was so blessed. She couldn't understand it. Didn't understand how it all worked. But Janice got her on and, uh, and she was there praying with us. It was just uh, wonderful. Um, but great to see people, uh, different ones that were uh, there. We could talk. We could share a little bit with one another. And we want to continue to do things like that. You know, we're practicing physical isolation, but we don't want to be um, or physical distancing, but we don't. We still want to be social, right? We still want to be connected. So stay connected to to your buddy. Stay connected to other people. Make some phone calls uh, during the night. Uh, during the night. During the week. Just call people. Hey, how you doing? Just wanted to reach out, see what's going on. How you been? Make some friends that you haven't uh, been that close to in church. We have all kinds of opportunities here to really take advantage of, don't we, in the body of Christ. So 
We're going to use technology. We're going to stay connected and we're going to love one another. We're going to stand strong through this. Our God is going to mightily, mightily work in and through our lives. And uh, this is going to turn out to be a great blessing when all is said and done. I believe that with all my heart because God is on the throne. Amen. And he's got people all over the world seeking him in prayer. And uh, good things are going to happen. So, here we go. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. And we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye.